Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Thanks for joining us. I first want to shout out to all the graduates. If you're a graduate, we are so glad that you have made it, you have done it, you have achieved your goal, and uh, you made it across that finish line only to go to the next finish line. What I learned about graduating is that you go from being a senior to a freshman and just about every new experience you have. And so I'm praying for you because that next step is critical, it's going to be good, and congratulations, graduates, you made it. And uh, we're happy for you. And by the way, there's all kinds of graduation speeches being made by all these famous people. And uh, I hope you enjoy at least one of them, if not many of them. So congratulations. We're proud of you. And we hope that you're having a great, great graduation experience, even though it's a weird one. Um, Thanks uh, or congratulations for uh, doing the great work that you have. We're starting a new series today. And that series is called Scattered. I cannot think of a better title right now than to talk about what it means to be scattered. Talk about what it means to experience this scattered feeling as a church, as individuals, no matter who we are, no matter where we are. If you're in... If you're at work and you've been scattered from your work, if you're at home and you've been scattered from your home, if you're in church and we've all been scattered, no matter what the case may be, we're, we're experiencing a scattered feeling of being pulled apart. And so with that said, I think there's some things that we can think about. We're not talking about being scatterbrained. This is not about our brain. This is about our physical distancing. This is about us being pulled apart. We're not talking about being just feeling a bit scattered. You know, it's not this confusing feeling, although you may be feeling that, having that emotion. Um, we're ta- not talking about scattering seed, um, although that is part of the scattering experience that we're going through. Um, and, and I'm excited. Webster calls scattered this. It says to cause to separate widely. Maybe you're at home and you're going through this experience where you feel like you're being widely pulled apart from everything you're familiar with. All of us are going through those emotions. And I think that's pretty crazy. Here's a crazy one. Webster says this, to divide into ineffectual small portions. To be scattered is to be divided into ineffectual small portions. Now, I believe that that is not true of the church. I believe that it's not true of you and me. We are pulled, uh, we may be pulled apart. We may be scattered, but we're not ineffectual. And I refuse to believe that. And then this last one, it says to separate and go in various directions. We're all in different places, all in different uncomfortable situations, but we are all doing it for a purpose. In fact, the, the title of this series is called Scattered with Purpose. Scattered with Purpose. I believe the book of First Peter is going to show us some amazing things about being scattered. It's not something new for the, the church. The church in the very first century was scattered. In fact, there's a word that they use called diaspora, a disbursement. The church was scattered because of this persecution that came on the church um, not long after Christ died. An emperor named Nero was the most notorious emperor that um, scattered the church, that persecuted the church. He would go to the extent of lighting lighting Christians on fire to light the streets or to light the courtyard of his, his palace. This was how brutal and 
insensitive and uh, uh, as cruel as you could possibly be. He would just torture Christians. And he did it because he was trying to blame the Christians uh, for a fire that he created in his own city, in his own world. And when he lit Rome on fire, he wanted to take the blame off of himself and put it on Christians. And so he used Christians in that way. And, and so as a result, Christians just scattered. They went all over the place. But that was not something that God didn't take and, 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 and said, oh, bummer, now we can't do our thing. He said, he said, all right, Christians are scattered. Now we get the message out even further. And so there's scattered with purpose is incredible. All of the scattering that you and I have gone through in this experience of the COVID-19 virus has created a lot of emotions. And I wanted to invite two people that happen to be here um, at our home. They're close, close friends of ours. We've known each other since college. Um, we now are related. And I want to introduce to you Mike and Carrie Ness. And these guys are incredible people. They're blessed relatives. We, uh, Josh, my son-in-law, is, are, are, is, you're his parents. Yeah. And I get confused. <laughs> um, you're his parents. And we now have a grandchild together, That's which right. is amazing, Brooklyn Grace, yeah. and uh, she is incredible in a live wire, and uh, now one-year-old, but these guys are unique in this way. They are missionaries to the Congo in Africa. They are missionaries that have, uh, for the, how many years have you guys been? Um, mm, going on 20-something. 20-some years. 20 they have been missionaries. They started in Tanzania, right? Yeah. And, um, and then they finished or completed their work in Tanzania and then were assigned to the Congo, which you guys have had to go learn a whole new language, yeah. French. You speak Swahili, right? Right. Yeah. And so, um, and, and that's amazing all by itself. And so when they don't want us to know what they're saying, right. they speak Swahili. And, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, thanks. And, uh, and, and so it's just so cool to have them here. It's so cool to ask them a few questions because I think they probably better than most understand the idea of emotions that go along with um, feeling scattered, being pulled away from the familiar. So tell me what you guys, uh, first tell us what you do in the Congo and then maybe go from there to describe what it feels like to be pulled away from the familiar. Okay. Well, uh, our primary responsibility has always been children's ministries. That's our heart, mm -hmm. our burden, our passion. Uh, so when we're in the Congo, we're trying to help churches uh, either establish ministries to children or improve their ministries to children. We're encouraging that in churches, that kind of a yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's really what we do. We get to do it in other parts of Africa as well sometimes because we get invited here or there. But uh, right. most of our focus is on how to reach that next generation. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And you can't, that's the best place to start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially in a world where the, the life expectancy is so low. Yeah. Um, you got to reach them super young. Yeah. yeah. That's good. So what does it feel like to feel pulled apart, Carrie? What does it feel to be in an uncomfortable world or an unknown? Yeah. I think change, no matter if you plan for it or if you don't plan for it, change is just difficult. And as we have gone through a couple transitions from Tanzania to Congo and all that, I, I think about anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. You don't speak the language. You don't understand the culture. Um, I think there's some loneliness that happens. Um, there's even exhaustion. I think mm. when you are in change, it can make, 
we, we can be so tired by two in the afternoon and we think, what have we done? <laughs> well, that change and that transition and that uncomfortable stuff wears on us even in that way. Um, you know, you're, you, it's just a, it's never easy. It does become normal and you do find a new normal, but it is a constant um, kind of a rub, right. you know, that you're away right. from your, that comfort zone. You know, it's like, um, uh, sometimes I explain it like, you know, when we have gone overseas, it's like everything that we're learning is on steroids. You'd learn it here <laughs> in America, in your own comfort zone. But when you get out of your comfort zone, man, you're, you're just learning almost like, yeah. And it can be, it can be all those emotions, lots yeah. of emotions that go along with it. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are experiencing those emotions, um, not to the degree of leaving a country and learning a language, but uh, taking this out, out of normal experience. Yeah. Absolutely. And even calling it a new normal is a scary thing because you don't know what that new normal is going to be. We don't even know what that mm -hmm. new normal might be in the future. Mike, how do you, how do you, have you felt? Well, I think uncertainty is something that comes to mind yeah. for sure. And really just not understanding. I've even been able to kind of relate to this whole idea of, okay, now the restrictions are lightening up, you know, but do I wear a mask or don't I wear a mask? Am I supposed to, can I go here or can't I go there? Right. You know, when we go to a new country, we don't always understand the rules. Yeah. It's not the same as wow. America, you know, even driving might be different, for example. <laughs> And for when I first got to Congo, I, I was nervous to drive, quite honestly, because I was afraid of the police. What side of the road do they drive on? Actually, they drive on the same side as we do here. Okay. Tanzania okay. was opposite, so that always caused problems. Oh, man, that's crazy. But, you know, you don't, aren't quite sure what the rules are. You, you have an idea, but are, you're yeah. really not certain. And then in that context, too, you can't communicate like you want to. So right. you can't explain yourself and say, well, officer, really, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. there's those uncertainties that are kind of a little bit similar right. to what we're in now because right. these rules that we have to deal with are a little bit new and and we've not done this before <laughs> and they so. keep changing yeah, exactly yeah. which is the, the craziness is the rules keep changing and so yeah. we don't have a clue what's going on sometimes yeah. and uh and that's pretty amazing well you guys it's it's amazing what you've gone through to choose now we haven't even chosen to exactly. go through this yeah. so you guys have chosen by the call of god to go to a different country what um what emotional toll has it taken on you i know i don't think I prepared you for that question. Uh, you know, I think it, it, it's an ebb and flow thing, uh, like a lot of things in life. And obviously there are times when the emotions hit you a lot harder. Um, sometimes, it, sometimes it doesn't even happen when you think it will. Uh, like, you know, some, you, getting on the airplane, usually we do shed a few tears, but sometimes it's days or weeks later that you just have that moment where you just kind of break down and are mm -hmm. sobbing and mm -hmm. for no apparent reason, but you realize, no, it's because I'm missing family back home or because I'm feeling so out of place, uh, that kind of a thing. Right. So and you no longer you. miss your kids. You miss Brooklyn. Yeah, exactly. Our grandchild. You know, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, right? I, I you miss. Think, yeah. And I mean, acknowledging those are important. I think sometimes we think, oh, well, we're supposed to be called of God. We're supposed to be this. We're, but the emotions are real. Yeah. And so finding that finding that place where you allow yourself, hey, this is weird. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my emails that I'm writing now to friends during COVID, I'm like, this is weird. And yes, it's weird. We feel weird when we, we stick out when you're in Africa as right. well. And so just acknowledging those are real. Yeah. Those are real. And then asking God, give me some, some perspective here on, um, on, you know, what your purpose is in this. Right. But it, it, it is. It's a, 
I think to say, oh, we should be above that's ridiculous. We right. still have emotions, but we got to figure yeah. out what to do with them. And I think that I think that's so important that we be real in these kinds of situations that we don't try and pretend, oh, I'm okay, or uh, kind of as as mm -hmm. Christians sometimes we think that we have to pretend that well we have faith in God, God's in control, but we're feeling this anxiety. Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to be real. I think it's yeah. okay to be emotional. Um, how do you cope? What do you what do you use to cope with being separated? Yeah. You know, one thing that I've learned, and I don't always do good at it, I'll just, I'll just be honest there, but one thing I've learned is how important the basics are. Um, you know, so just that basic everyday relationship with Jesus, do I spend time in the Word, do I pray, that kind of thing, do I yeah. have relationship with other believers uh, is so important. And, and I, hate to, I, I hate it when people oversimplify something. You know, if someone tells you, hey, if you would just pray more, you wouldn't feel so depressed. And you want to just say, I'll show you depressed, buddy. Um, but, you know, I'll because, show you prayer. Yeah, I'll show you, because honestly, there are so many more layers to things. Right. And yet what I found is when we ignore the basics, when things do come our way, we're not as prepared and we're not as strong as we could mm. or should be. So, so good. So there's been reminders in my own life that, hey, you know, it's not going to solve all your problems, you know, to get back to these basics. But right. my goodness, if you don't get back to the basics, you're going to have a lot more problem yeah. with the problems. You yeah, have. and you're going to be unsturdy when that time comes. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. really good. How do you cope, Carrie? Well, I think one of the things that we've done in all the places that we've lived in is out of desperation, I have found friends that speak the same language. Mm -hmm. When I mean, I'm talking language, language, English, English language, yeah. and then also spiritually speak the same language. Um, he can often tell when I've been with someone that uh, has just energized me. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes, I think we were talking earlier about how, you know, there are times where we want to say it's just me and God and God is my source. And, and that is a reality. But then yeah. I was listening to something recently where Paul, you know, Paul says all that, but then he also mentions 47 people by name. There are coworkers, they're friends, they're people that came alongside him. So I think that, yes, we have to be in those basics and, and take those times um, to get our spirit filled. Um, right. But some of the emotions can be lifted. Some of the emotions can be alleviated when we do have community. Yeah. And we yeah. do, and sometimes it's work because we're tired because we're lonely. We want someone else to reach out to us. Well, why isn't, you know? Um, but sometimes it just has taken me an effort. Yeah. And I found friends in every place that I've been. And I was actually writing them down this week to say, you know, what in those transitions and those weird change times, who were they? Yeah. And I actually wrote them this week and That's said, awesome. thank you that God... God arranged for us during that weird time, um, yeah. and we both lifted each other. So I think community is a huge thing for me. Yeah, it's Maybe so it's because I'm a woman. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I think it's for all of us. Well, you know? I, I, think it, I think it's true for everybody. Yeah. I don't think it's a, 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 a female thing or a male thing or anything like that. It's all of us needing that connection, yeah. which is why we've done the pray and chat on Wednesday nights, and we want to invite you guys to join us. Um, on Zoom. So if we don't have your email address, please send it to us and we'll send you a link for the Zoom meeting. But um, man, I so admire you guys. If I get emotional here, it's because there's two things I appreciate most about missionaries. They choose to give up so much of their lives to everything that God is asking them to do. And I admire you so much as friends, as family members, and as missionaries. I want to take a moment to pray for you because um, I know that the Congo has been challenging and I just believe that God's going to do something amazing. I know that you got stuck here 
fortunately for us <laughs> and for you and uh, during this COVID thing. And I know you're anxious to get back, but I just believe God's going to do something amazing. And so let's pray for Mike and Carrie, missionaries to the Congo, um, grandparents to our, our granddaughter, Grace, uh, Brooklyn Grace, and, uh, and of course, parents uh, to Josh and Taylor as well. But uh, let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for Mike and Carrie. I thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing in their lives. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would just strengthen their heart, strengthen their, their resolve to fulfill the call that you've placed on their lives. And no matter what happens through this COVID experience and the changes that it brings about, I just pray that your anointing would continue to remain in their hearts and lives. Thank you, God, for bringing us together as friends, as family, and as co-workers in this mission that you've given us to reach this world for you. I pray you bless them. I pray you touch their lives and minister their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. amen. Love you guys Thanks so much. Yeah, you. thank you. Wow. I just, what a privilege it is to have them as family members and to connect with them on this level. I think for all of us to understand the challenges that we face when we're scattered, when we're pulled apart, when we're put in unfamiliar situations. And we're going to look at a book, the book of 1 Peter. And I, I want to challenge you to read this every day for the next week or two weeks. Um, because as you do, you're going to hear the voice of the Lord through this book. One of the things that's unique about 1 Peter is that Peter, who is a persecuted individual himself and is going through some challenges, is talking to what he calls a scattered church. And we'll read that in a minute. But this, this idea of what Peter's saying to this church that has been pulled apart because of persecution, pulled apart because this, this guy named Nero is persecuting the church and the church is having to scatter as a result. The, the result is, is this, is that Peter writes a book that encourages the church to know what to do when you're scattered, to know what to do spiritually, to know what to do um, in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit when you're scattered. And so I want to read this uh, to start reading First uh, Peter Chapter 1, verse 1. And it starts with just simply, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Here's a guy who is given his life, much like Mike and Carrie, much like all of us who have committed to follow Christ with our whole hearts. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. To God's elect, exiles, scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, <clears throat> through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkle with His blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. What a great introduction of what Peter is bringing into the hearts and lives of those that have been scattered. Do you see that? In the very first part of that passage, it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect Exiles scattered throughout, scattered. There's all these Christians have been pulled apart, have been separated, have been put in different places, have, have fled from their homes, from their comfort zones, from everything they have because of this persecution. And he says, who have been chosen. And so one of the most important parts of understanding this passage is when you see chosen, know that God is not ignoring our purpose, even though the persecution is happening, 
even though the scattering has occurred. The, the purpose of the church has never stopped. Don't believe that because we are in lockdown or quarantine or stay at home or, or, or whatever you want to call this. Don't believe that for a moment because that is happening that the church is limited. That, that's an, that's a, an, an annoying drumbeat right now that I don't agree with and nor do I believe. I believe that the church, because of the all-powerful God that we serve, and because we are chosen people, is going to use this, if not already using it, to, to make us a, a, a powerful group of, of influencers and people in our communities, in the places where we find ourselves. And then it says to be obedient to Jesus Christ, to be obedient right there. It says to be obedient. That means you and I still have a purpose. The scattering doesn't stop God. The scattering doesn't stop our call. The scattering doesn't stop what God's calling us to. It encourages us to keep moving, to be obedient to Jesus. And then he says, grace and peace to you in abundance. We have not lost our purpose to go and make disciples. Just because we are scattered doesn't mean our purpose is on pause. And I want to make sure you hear that and hear that resounding in your ears. Our purpose is not on pause. Wherever we find ourselves, no matter how scattered we are, we carry our purpose and God's plan with us. And I think that's a powerful reality and a powerful truth. And then it goes on to say in verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise in the midst of persecution, in the midst of scattering praise, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that cannot perish, spoil, or fade. What is this passage telling us? It's telling us that we need to embrace hope no matter the circumstance. We have this. We have new birth. We have living hope. We have eternal life. Those are the anchors with which we have the privilege of knowing that no matter what our circumstance, no matter how scattered we are, no matter how distant things are, or how pulled apart we feel, we have a new birth. We are new people in Christ. The sin is gone. The, the new life has been given. And the living hope is our anchor. Hope is that very thing that keeps us going, that hope that keeps us... Uh, engage with who God is and what his purpose and then of course our eternal life here's a statement that I hope you embrace and, uh, that without an eternal perspective hope fades when trials come without an eternal perspective hope fades when trials come if you are losing hope you may have lost your perspective that eternity is forever that eternity is forever and that we have that hope. But with an eternal perspective, hope sustains when trials come. Hope gives us strength. Hope carries us on as we continue to go. So what's our hope? Our hope is that new birth, that living hope. It's an anchor. It's the eternal life. And when we get into a scattered situation, when we get into a, even a persecuted situation, we have the privilege of embracing hope, embracing that reality that we have a new birth, that we have a living hope, that we have eternal life, and that with an eternal perspective, we can't lose hope. We can't lose the, the, the faith that has been brought to our lives and the promises that we have. And then it goes on to en enhance that perspective of hope. In, verse, in the next verse, it says, this inheritance 
is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Remember, it's not gonna perish, spoil, or fade. Eternal life is always there for us. And then it says this, and he's reminding, remember, Peter is reminding a group of people who have been scattered to remember these things, to embrace hope. And when he does, he says, this inheritance is kept for you. I love that. There's a promise, the inheritance. You and I, children of the king, are going to inherit, inherit the kingdom of God. And it's in heaven for us. It's kept in heaven. In other words, it's preserved. So we're promised the inheritance, we're preserved or kept from spoiling. And then it says this, who, who through faith, faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation. Who through faith are shielded by God's power. We are protected. <laughs> One of the things that's, that's uh, famous in our, our language today and everything is being said is PPE, personal protective equipment. This is eternal protective equipment. This is God saying, uh, it's the EPE. It's the eternal protective equipment that you and I have a privilege of, of, of having in our lives that God is saying, I protect you. I protect your well-being. I protect your uh, future. And I will not let anything steal away your salvation. And that says, so who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready, that is prepared to be revealed in the last days. So we have hope is promised through the inheritance, preserved or kept. It's protected, that EPE, that, that just like the PPE, the personal protective equipment. This is EPE, eternal protective equipment. God is protecting us and then it's prepared. It's ready for us. It's just ready. Eternal life is waiting for us. I'm excited about that. That's how we embrace hope. That's how, so Peter is telling his, the, the people that are exiled, that are scattered to embrace their salvation, embrace their promise, preserve, the, 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 the life is preserved, is protected, it's prepared. And then he says in verse six, in all this, you greatly rejoice. So he's saying, no matter what you're experiencing, rejoice, praise God, thank you, God that we have you. Thank you that we have an inheritance. Thank you that we have our salvation. Thank you that there's eternal life. Thank you that we can embrace hope. Then the music changes. The music changes in this passage. Can you, you kind of hear the, 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 the really happy music and I won't try and sing for you. And then all of a sudden the music changes from, oh, that's very pleasant to dun dun dun. You hear some minor chords that are all of a sudden playing, this dissonance that happens when he says this, in all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. In all this you greatly rejoice, but in a really happy music, though for now, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Isn't that interesting? He changes the music. He changes the tone just a little bit. But it's, it's the rhythm of our story. It's the rhythm of, of what is experienced. See, the difference between people who have faith and don't have faith is they will look at this moment in our lives in the first pandemic that I've ever experienced in my 58 years of life. And, 
we, we, we can look at it and go, oh, the sky is falling. Everything's coming apart. We've all been scattered. We're not allowed to meet again. Oh, we can't connect with, you know, I, that's not what God is telling us to go through. That's not what God is, is telling us to embrace is the tragedy of this moment, but the leverage that he's using in this moment. He's saying that there's, uh, though for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. This, this, uh, first of all, I love the word little while. See that? Uh, in a little while. In a little while. That means it's temporary. That means it's not going to last forever. That means that we're, get, we're not going to be in a pandemic forever. We're not going to uh, be, be closed up and, and sheltered in forever. But we, uh, for a little while. You may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. So there is discomfort. What Mike and Carrie explained is that discomfort of separation, that pulling apart, that is uncomfortable. And we are experiencing this, this weird, awkward and, and, uh, experience. Even as we try and unlock this, this uh, experience, it's still kind of crazy. And so then it says, the, uh, in all kinds of trials. None of us like to hear that word. Oh, uh, praise God, I get to go through a trial. You know, consider it pure joy, James says, uh, when when you experience trials of many kinds. But the reality is, is that uh, in verse 7, these have come so that. These have come. I capitalize that because I think we need to pay attention to these kinds of phrases in Scripture. These have come so that. There's an explanation of why we're going through what we're going through. And it says this. So that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, there's nothing more important than having a genuine faith, an authentic faith, not a religious faith that says, hey, I'm good as long as we can meet in a building. Hey, I'm good as long as everything's comfortable. Hey, I'm good as long as God continues to bless me. I'm good. That's not, that's not the faith. The, the real faith is when we uh, may run short. The real faith is when we can't connect like we want to, but we're like, we're gonna do whatever we can to glorify God. We're gonna do whatever we can to bring glory to God because this is what it says. These, These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, and he's talking about the, the literal gold, says may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. In other words, how we handle this moment will identify who Jesus is. And people will bring praise and glory to God. So the the goal is for you and me to live such a a joyful faith and a a confident faith that we're like going, yes, this is what God is bringing into our lives. And this is how we can elevate him. And the people around us go, what's going on in Ricardo's life? What's going on in Mike and Carrie's life? What's going on in your life? And people see it and they go, that's different. That's a different response. That's a different way of living. That's a confidence that I don't have. And we show that confidence through Christ and they see Jesus all over us. That's the goal, that it may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. These are the watchers. There's people watching you right now. It's not big brother, it's your neighbor. It's your, it's your coworker, it's your friend, it's your family member outside. And, and they're looking at you going, why aren't you freaking out about this? Why aren't you going crazy about this experience? Why aren't you all upset and, and, and ticked off and all this? Because Jesus is in control. That's what he's saying. It, it, to a persecuted church, he's saying, 
Live in such a way that the people that are watching you will glorify God, will glorify God. And then it ends this way in verse eight and verse nine. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Here's what he's simply saying is this, though you have not seen him, you love him. Hey, no matter the circumstance, your love does not change. Your love of Jesus does not change, no matter the circumstance. And he's talking to persecuted people, people that are watching their friends and family roasted in a, in a fire to light the emperor's palace or the street or, or the street. He's talking to people that are experiencing this crazy persecution. And he's saying, though you haven't seen Jesus, you love him. Don't let your circumstance determine your relationship with Jesus. And then he says, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, you trust him, you put all your faith in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the end result you're receiving the reality of your salvation that we have eternal life so if we die if we were to be persecuted if we were to have to give our lives no matter what we are receiving the end result which is salvation eternal life with Jesus Christ and the promise that we have an inheritance that we talked about before that it is promised that it is preserved in heaven, that it is protected by God's power, and that it is ready to receive us. So no matter what, no matter the circumstance, Peter is telling a persecuted church, hey, hang in there. Hang in there. Live your faith with full of joy, full of anticipation, and full of faith in Jesus Christ because we have what it takes to live through this and to glorify God. And the ultimate goal in any scattered situation, in any persecuted situation, is to know that we can have the opportunity to reveal Jesus to this world. Allow the trial to prove your faith and see what happens around you. Allow this to make you stronger, not more angry, not more frustrated. I get it. I want everything to return to normal just like you do. I, I want church to gather. I want to see your faces, face to face. I don't like the word physical distancing, social distancing. I don't like distancing. But here we are. Here we are in a place where you and I have a beautiful opportunity to reveal Christ in this situation, where we have an opportunity to show who Jesus is. And as we go through this book, you'll see that even more and more and more. That's why I want you to read the book so you're prepared for the messages. But God is going to do some amazing things. Let the trial reveal authentic faith. Let the trial reveal that no, uh, as much as, as, as we respect our leaders, they're not our God. Our God is the one who lives out of us. Our God is the one who we can trust and put our faith in. And no matter what our leaders choose, as we uh, honor them, as we obey them, as we walk in that path, God is still in control. I believe that with all my heart. The practice, the embrace of hope will always reveal the nature of God. Let's, let's focus on who God is and not what we're losing. 
Yeah, we all want it back. Yeah, we all want that tension to go away. But in reality, God is leveraging this moment for the church to reveal who he is. And I believe that with all my heart. Maybe you're feeling scattered today. And you should. If you're, if you're walking through this stay-at-home order, if you're walking through all these, these, these restrictions that we have in our lives right now, yeah, it's going to feel different. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel like you're, you're, you're scattered. If you feel distant from, uh, from uh, your family, your friends, the reality is, is that God is in control. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe the anxiety of change, maybe the anxiety of distancing, maybe the anxiety of all the things that go on in our world today are, are, are really gripping your heart. You're feeling uh, kind of pulled apart. Well, Jesus is the answer. Jesus can become your confidence. Jesus can become that person that you trust, that you believe in, that you have faith in. And I want to offer him to you right now. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is the one who is our leader, he died on a cross, he rose again three days later, and he ascended into heaven. And today, all we have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of the sin in my heart. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I believe that you raised you were raised from the dead. And when you believe that, and when you go after that reality, the Bible says when we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised, was raised from the dead, we will be saved. If that's you today, I wanna to invite you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Yeah, you may feel scattered, but you don't have to feel alone. You don't have to feel like you don't have anybody or any hope. In fact, you can embrace, embrace the hope that Jesus Christ brings to your life. Let's pray. I want to pray with you right now that you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I realize I've made mistakes and I need your forgiveness. And I believe that you died on a cross to forgive me of my sins. And right now I receive that forgiveness. And I believe that you were raised from the dead and that today you live and you, are, you promise eternal life. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'm so excited for you because that is the best prayer you could ever pray. And that's the most important prayer that you could ever pray. And we want to know. So let us know by responding online in the comments page or in any way you can respond. Let us know that you accepted Christ today. And for the rest of you, if, if you're here today and you're feeling that anxiousness that Carrie talked about and Mike talked about, and you feel like, man, I just, I need to refocus. Do what Mike talked about and, and go back to the basics. Read the Bible, read 1 Peter great passage of scriptures to give you hope and encouragement. And I believe that God is going to strengthen all of us, church. You know, we're going to take this moment, no matter how long it lasts, and we're going to leverage it to make us a strong church, a powerful church, a together church, no matter how apart we are. I believe that with all my heart. Let's pray. God, I believe that you're doing amazing things. And I, today we embrace your hope, even though we feel scattered. And as uncomfortable as this experience makes us feel, 
We believe that you are leveraging this moment to help us refocus our hope and our hope in eternal life, our hope in our inheritance, our hope in what's prepared for us, our hope in what's protected, our hope in what's ready for us. And God, we just thank you so much that we have that hope today. And I pray that you bless every heart, every mind, every soul in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that we have you to lean into and that we can embrace our hope in you. I pray this in Jesus' name. We give you all the glory. Amen and amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.